Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and a co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. Hello, this is Jim Hunt for Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Today, we're going to talk about Payment Factory, and we're really lucky to have Kim Dowling, the Director of Treasury for Bramasol, where she leads the Treasury practice. Kim's a functional expert in Treasury and global capital markets, and she understands SAP and non-SAP systems. Kim's got over 25 years' experience working within corporate treasury and global capital markets. She's got expertise across finance, operations, regulatory compliance, mergers and acquisitions, um, and leading treasury and cash management project implementations. With that uh, broad base of experience across multiple industries and topics combined with her deep knowledge of treasury systems and business requirements, she's got a really unique perspective on the design and implementation of SAP Treasury and cash management solutions. So welcome, Kim. It's good to have you here. Hi, Jim. Um, Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, it's going to be a pleasure. And uh, I'm sure our listeners will learn a lot about Payment Factory and how it applies to them. So I I guess the first question is, uh, why should they care about Payment Factory? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that because... um, for payment factories, and one of the reasons why we want to talk about this today is that really, in order for your business to be successful, it's really critical to know where your cash is. You know, how much cash you have, where is it? You know, if you don't have, if you think about it, if you don't have control over your cash, you don't know if you're paid by your customers, you can't pay your bills, you can't fund your business properly. You also could be losing out on investment opportunities because you can't get, get there fast enough when you don't know where your cash is. And if you don't know where your cash is, you're at risk of losing it. So really, improving payments and cash management, it's really a constant challenge for organizations, and it does get more complicated as we grow globally. And I want to get a little bit more detail in a little bit uh, later in our conversation. But when I think about this, the better you handle your cash, the more successful your business will be. And to me, cash is king. It really is. Yeah, if you're effective, you're efficient, you secure your cash, your management is um, critical of your business to be successful, that's really what a payment factory is going to do for you. And I think we can all agree on that. That's a great intro. So so what is a payment factory? Well, I'm glad you asked that because if anybody asks, you know, what is a payment factory, you're going to get different answers because everyone looks at a payment factory differently in the way they may implement it to fit their needs. So payment factories... They process all the payments, incoming and outgoing, you know, your treasury payments, your vendor payments, your customer payments, your direct debits, your checks. And the payment factory, it's if you look at it, it's a centralized set of cash management processes that are standardized and automated across your organization. It also combines the shared services and in-house bank. So together is what creates your payment factory, if you will. So if you might be also wondering, you know, why we use the term payment factory, because it's really not intuitive. But if you think about a factory as a central location where the operations are performed in a standardized and automated fashion, then you're going to start to begin to make sense of the word payment factory, if you will, because it really they make it easier for companies to increase our efficiencies and and we gain our invisibility into our cash positions, you know, because we're centralizing that information. 
We're streamlining it. We're standardizing payments across the enterprise for all the different types of payment payment types and also for the different banks that we might be having. So this you know, processes can, can, we can be achieved by combining these operational capabilities. So just like a factory, you have the opportunity as you centralize for benefits of scale, of automation, of being able to have everything done in one place. So it does. it is analogous to a real factory. It is. Um, you, you mentioned uh, shared services. How does the shared services model fit into enabling payment factory? Right. Well, shared services is one of the um, service models, which is part of the payment factory. So when you're taking an operating model you're using to consolidate and deliver the services across your multiple divisions or your business units, you're trying to do this efficiently and effectively. It helps you standardize your processes and also removes that work from some of the individual areas and it provides a value through reducing your costs and improving your services and some types of common shared services that um, folks may have seen or be like record report activities they could be also for accounts payable um, operations accounts receivable and also of course treasury services because treasury services has its share of payments as well as related to their um, investment activities and so forth uh, what about the term in-house bank? Uh, I hear that uh, used in relation to payment factory. Yeah, yeah. where we have it, we have our shared services and our in-house bank together will make our payment factory. So the in-house bank piece of it is the internal part of the organization that acts as like the common bank for the parent individual subsidiaries. It's really using like virtual bank accounts to execute the third party internal payments on behalf of each entity. So when you're bringing the shared services together with the payment factories, you're going to be able to significantly streamline these business processes related to all your global payments, your cash management, and you're going to be able to deliver numerous benefits to your organization. And in the end of the day, you're actually drastically reducing the number of your bank accounts. And as an example, if I look at this, you can actually serve many subsidiaries by doing this. And you're going to be able to bring a significantly amount of reduced transaction costs, foreign exchange fees, because the transactions are really treated as domestic rather than foreign when you're talking about um, your, your foreign payments. And this is also done with a straight through accounting and settlement processing. And to the from the perspective of the business units or subsidiaries, um, it it looks to them like they're using a bank account, even though it's a bank account, a virtual bank account in the in-house bank. Exactly. So um, automation, uh, we talked about uh, automation being one of the opportunities uh, for efficiency um, within Payment Factory. How does automation play into it? Sure. Uh, when you're actually looking at, you know, a lot of companies when you're doing this payment factory in-house cash type philosophy, you're actually, you know, dealing with high volumes of transactions usually in multiple entities, different tax treatments and so forth. So the automation of the payment factory will actually also support your global payments, your remittance standards, your cons it also consolidates your inquiry messaging, it ensures your reporting controls will be enabled. Um, for the management of your payments life cycle, which is the initiation through the payment all the way down through the reconciliation. And, you know, in essence, you're meeting your whole focus on cash management, your audit and compliance, and you're able to quickly react to your business conditions to achieve that future growth that you're looking for. And, and I assume that the SAP infrastructure um, uh, makes it easier to do that automation and the shared services model, all of this integration we're talking about. 
Exactly, because it's going to give you all those improved um, straight through processing from the beginning until the end um, using the e-banking solutions, what you can use, like such as multi-bank connectivity, which also removes a lot of your risk and errors. And you're going to have that secure integration for ERP in your banks. And then you're going to have that real-time global visibility of all your cash flow when you're strengthening your internal controls. You have your fully integrated payments platform, your standardized approval process and workflows, which also helps you with that separation of duties with your approvals um, and, and consistency within your payments. And again, you're also eliminating any kind of poor data quality and unreliability in your cash visibility because now you have that real-time visibility by elimination of that you know, disparate and other manual processes, processes that you may have had before. Got it. So, you know, given the description, the excellent description of what Payment Factory is and how the pieces fit together, who can benefit from it? How, how do I know if I'm a, if I'm a CFO, um, what are the indicators in my company profile that tell me Payment Factory would be useful to me? Yes, and and what I what we've looked at is you know as a lot of companies you know as the businesses become more more complex, their cash management will also could become more critical and difficult. So if you're looking at different companies, you may say, do you have international markets? Do you have multiple currencies? Do you have multiple sites and processes? Do you have varying financial compliance requirements? You know, are you are you dealing with manual processes? Or are you using with multiple bank partners and accounts? Or in a lot of cases, I'm finding where folks do not have standard bank connections. They're doing it through their banking portals. And they may say, you know, we're really having issues. We don't know how the visibility of our cash. Or in some cases, their concerns are on fraud and risk of their payments because they don't have the standard processes and internal controls. Because as our operations are getting more diverse and we're dealing with all kinds of changing compliance requirements, and, you know, of course, we're always dealing with escalations in our financial risk, you know, or international trade, or we're very geographically diverse. This is something that companies are looking at more closely as to if it makes sense for them. Yeah, and I assume that there's a, um, there's a compliance benefit. You touched on that a little bit, but with all the, the international regulatory changes and so on, it's, it seems like centralization in a payment factory would give a company a better handle on managing those compliance and risk factors because they're, they've got everything all in one place. It, it does. Excellent. So um, let's say we want to implement payment factory in our company. Uh, what are the keys to success? What are the steps? How do we go about that implementation? Sure. There's a couple of different steps that I, when I look at payment factories and putting this into place that I think are very critical that are taking consideration before you embark on this journey. Because payment factories really do offer uh, many powerful benefits and you really must be really clear on the scope and all the major considerations to ensure that you have a successful implementation for your payment factory. Um, it's not just about gaining flexibility. You really have um, you know, your flexible workflows based on your user groups and approval lot your approval levels, but I really think it's important make sure that first you have secure controls and standardized processes to ensure that your internal controls are implemented properly and you have your separation of duties. Um, you can also have that so you have that visibility from end to end and you have that flexible approval workflows. Second, I think it's important to make sure that you're streamlining your global payments. So you have that localized payment types and benefit from that flexibility. You're also getting that low cost from um, rounding your payments and centralizing that. 
Multi-bank connectivity, I think, is key. SAP offers multi-bank connectivity through the SWIFT network. You can do bank-to-bank, -bank, of course, as well, but then you have the, the increase of maintaining those um, interfaces. So I do always suggest multi-bank connectivity to take a look at if it makes sense for you, because it is a very core um, to payment factory initiatives through SAP. Also, I think fraud, prevention of fraud or financial crime, real-time alerting and investigation is what you're going to get out of that with the SAP straight through processing. And in, if, in essence, you're going to have that closed loop automation and centralization of your payments with full cash visibility. So that gives you that control of the fraud and financial crimes that you may be concerned about. Automation, reconciliation, and transparency is another item that I think is very is needs to be considered. Because if your system identifies your transactions and you can't automatically be matched to a streamlined requirement or investigation, you're going to run into issues. So really make sure you have that automation, your reconciliation, transparency. And then lastly is your banking strategy. If you have that increased security and you have your fewer banking connections, you're going to have um, those approved technical requirements for the exact payment file formats. That's an excellent overview. You know, we have a couple of minutes, and I know that in a recent webinar on this topic, which we'll link uh, on the website to this podcast so that people can go deeper if they need to. But I know you talked a bit about what Payment Factory is and is not and some of the myths surrounding it. So maybe that would be a good place to wrap up to, to kind of, you know, summarize what Payment Factory isn't. Uh, I think we've done a really good job of, describing what it is. Yeah, so, you know, a payment factory, it doesn't eliminate your need to test the internal and external controls. It's actually helping increase and make better your internal and external controls. So you're still going to have to do that, but now you have that ability to be more compliant with your audit controls and your SOX requirements. It's also not intended to perform the treasury-related activities, investments, and hedging. Those will still continue. The payment factories are for your payments and your receivables, but separately, you're still going to be always having your treasury-related activities that will continue within your treasury management system. Right. So what payment factory really gives is uh, a consolidation, a reduction of risk, um, a reduction of cost, better productivity. It still gives the same interfaces to subsidiaries that they need but it uh, gives the overall um, enterprise a much better handle on cash and cash management. Exactly. And one of the items that you just asked me is, you know, what are some of the payment factory myths that I have heard? And this is one that, that is a little bit near and dear to my heart because I hear it all the time when I talk to different customers. And I've also heard it in industry uh, over the years as well. And I hear, I hear that it's resource intensive. It takes so many people to put this in place. It's very difficult and that it's time consuming. Um, you know, resource, and when you think about it, resource intensive, no, because you're going to, if when you bring in the right company that actually listens to how your, you know, your, your company is organized, you're going to, they're going to go in and actually do an assessment and actually put that whole process in from you end to end and set it up properly for you. So you don't really need a lot of internal resources to do it. And the fact that once it's put in, it's straight through processing, all of the flows in the accounting are fully automated straight through your ledger. So the benefits are fairly quickly and uh, accumulates over time. Exactly. And you always will hear, oh, it's so disruptive to the, implementa the implementation. It's not disruptive. You can continue with your current processes as you're going. 
And then as you're building in the processes, you can layer it in in a phased approach to start, um, say you wanted to do um, Latin America first and start um, continuing processes as they are and slowly using agile approach to phase that in to stop your current processes and start laying in the new processes within the straight through processing of your in-house banking. And then you can layer in the next, the next region of the world and the next region of the world. It's very, very clean and hands-free with the proper testing and training. I've also heard that it's very inflexible, which is definitely not true. Every company is different. You're going to be setting up the processes that make sense for that company. Some companies are very global. Some companies are domestic. Some have a lot of foreign currencies. Some are, uh, some do not. And it depends on the size and complexity of each company with their intercompany payments, the third-party payments, as well as their receivables. You have to look at how that company is organized, what are the regulations for, for dealing with payment factories. You can't always use payment factories in some of the areas of the world because of the legal regulations that prohibit you from doing so. So you have to make sure that you're looking at each company holistically, what makes sense for them. In other cases, I've heard it's so expensive. I'm like, well, what's expensive? We just eliminated a majority of your banks and gave you the ability to use a header bank to make the payments on behalf of the others using the virtual accounts. So in essence, we just reduced a lot of or a majority of your bank accounts and all the fees that you're getting from those different banks. So in essence, it ends up paying for itself in the end of the day when you actually implement it properly. Great overview and wrap up. I really appreciate it, Kim. I, I think our listeners are going to learn a heck of a lot from this session and uh, I appreciate your time. I look forward to future interviews on other treasury topics. Thank you, Jim. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insight to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance, optimization, and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at bramasol.com.